Yo, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I thought I was doing the old school intro. <laughs> man. Uh, you think it wouldn't be muscle memory at this point, but I guess it is. What's going on, y'all? It's Dez. It's the You Heard Me Podcast, man. We in here, episode 118. It is Wednesday, November the 2nd. It's a lunchtime hour podcast on the East Coast of the United States of America. Um, Coming off of Halloween on Monday, I'm sitting at my desk right now. I'm going to stand because I don't know if y'all hear all this creaking. My desk chair needs some WD-40 or some shit on it, man. Maybe I'll put some... Uh, Maybe I'll put some CLP on it. That's one of those if you know, you know situations. Um, Man, Halloween was crazy. Had rain. So trick-or-treating was soggy, but we ascended this year. So we'll talk about that in a sec. Make sure before we get into anything else that you follow at you heard me dog at you heard me D-A-W-G on Instagram. Patreon.com slash YHMP. If you want to become a patron, join the Gold Club. Uh, get some extra shit. Support the podcast. And, um, you know, we talked about some Halloween nostalgia on the last episode, but this is what just happened was, um, you know, where I live now, allegedly, um, there's not really a lot of trick-or-treating opportunities. Um, so we end up going to other neighborhoods. Uh, we went to a, a friend's neighborhood, or one of my kids' friend's neighborhood, um, close to my old neighborhood, and they went trick-or-treating. You know, they're 10, 11, somewhere in there now. So, you know, we kind of were just like, all right, guys, go. You know, initially the moms went with them, the dads or some of the dads. We uh we split off me and me and uh my my son's homeboy's dad. We peeled off, went back to the crib to give out candy at their house, and you know have a few brewskis and talk some shit, swallow some spit. You know what I mean? Um, you know it was it was fun. It was fun. You know it was just it just sucked because it really was a a dark and stormy night on Halloween. Uh, it was fun at the end though because we didn't realize uh, that our kid. Our, our kids had already come back to the house and we went out in the neighborhood and took a block, took a walk around the block looking for them. And, uh, I guess one of the kids that was with them was supposed to stay with them and he peeled off. And then it was some controversy or some other, I don't know, but it was fun. My kid got, I'm literally telling you the number. Now we didn't zero the scale to account for the, you know, Point three pound tote bag that he had, <laughs> but uh, man had seventeen pounds of candy. So you know, sixteen point something pounds of candy. Now, you know, I'm, I'd be interested to know. I, I'm genuinely would be interested to know how much of that is wrapper and um, you know, uh, lollipop stick and all of that shit. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Reese's cup cardboard. If he got one of those. <laughs> I'd be interested to know how much of that weight is pure candy. You know what I mean? Because the weight of, uh, you know, a thousand candy wrappers is a few ounces, right? <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, man, it's 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 gonna be fun to see uh, him chew through that. He already is. You know, last night we separated all of the candy into uh, families and whatnot. I don't know, genuses. I don't know, but <laughs> Betsy, correct me on that one. Um, so I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like he has enough candy that he could have. Like you know, matter how in the, in the grocery store they have the like the uh, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have like the plastic bins with the candy where you could, you know use the little peanut scooper to, to grab out however many you wanted. It's like he has enough to like have a stash of no bullshit, y'all. Like. I think he said he has 18 varieties of candies. And of those 18 varieties, the only thing he has like three or four of is like chewy Jolly Ranchers and fucking like blow pops and shit like that. But man, them has 39 Reese Cups. I probably done hit 14 of them already. He he got unlimited Snickers, full-size shit. He got Twix. He got Skittles, Sour Patch, both the big individually wrapped and the small mini joints, and just the small packs. Like, I didn't even know they had this many varieties. Sour Punch Straws, Crybabies, Jawbreakers, Lemonheads. I mean, you fucking name it. Then he starts telling me that he likes 100 grand bars, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Why? You know, his favorite thing is when uh, when I don't like a snack that he likes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you do not have to worry about me coming up behind you and eating these. I'm like, yo, like, he likes peppermint patties. Um, I might have talked about this before, yo, but, like, it's going to be a real uphill battle for me to trust you if you tell me that you enjoy eating peppermint patties, yo. Real uphill battle. Real uphill battle, yo. Toothpaste nuggets, yo. Chocolate toothpaste nuggets by choice, yo. Like, you're choosing to eat that. You're going to the store and saying, I don't want to Hershey's with almonds. I don't want to take five. I don't want a Twix. I don't want a Snickers. I don't want a Heath bar. I, I want a peppermint patty. <laughs> Say it out loud. I want a York peppermint patty. I'd like a peppermint patty, please. You're getting rung up at the gas station and you put a peppermint patty in the swivel glass. <laughs> nah, yo. So let's talk about mint real quick because mint chocolate ice cream? Whew. Uh, uh, Mint, the little um, half mint, half regular Reese's Cups? Those are pretty fucking good. The half dark chocolate, half mint Kit Kats. Those are pretty fucking good. Thin mint Girl Scout cookies. Outstanding. In 0% of the things that I just named, is there a toothpaste-like filling inside of chocolate? Do you see the difference? You see how it's ruined? By it not just being mint flavored slightly to go along with some other shit. There's more mint shit that I'm not even remembering that's good. Yo, the fucking peppermint milkshake at uh at Chick-fil-A that about to drop any day now? Come on, yo. Come on, yo. That shit is God tier. So don't 
Don't pretend that it's like, oh, Desmond, you just don't like mint. You just not a grown up because you don't like mint. Nah, I fuck with proper. Don't fucking talk about nobody's peppermint patty, yo. Don't talk about you go to the movies and get junior mints or you in Dollar General getting one dollar boxes of candy and you could have had fucking Starburst or Skittles or anything except junior mints and you chose junior mints. Yo. You would choose junior mints over goobers over fucking milk duds. Yo. What are you talking about? I digress. Candy, the candy hall was, it's actually kind of embarrassing, you know, like it just shows uh, a level of opulence that <laughs> is going to like precede our society's demise, you it, it, It's so outrageous, dog. Like I think that trick or treating was a little bit off this year because of the rain and it was a Monday, which, you know, I don't really feel like. Halloween gives a fuck about what day it is, but like, you know, it was a rainy Monday night. There was a, there's a bug going around. I feel like the whole country, everywhere I, I talk to people that either they're sick or they know somebody's sick. So, you know, I know a lot of kids were not out on Monday. Um, and also I know that, uh, you know, it, it's just sometimes or I mean, not sometimes, but like you know, ever since COVID, you know, you notice that there's just some of these, some of these times that we had everybody everywhere. You know, those those moments are becoming more limited. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's 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 just interesting, man, to see it all play out. And um, I have fun. Um, I didn't I didn't scare anybody this year, which is something that I usually do. I try to scare somebody, but I didn't do that this time. Um, I myself am very scared, y'all. I, I, you know, I've gotten back into a habit that I had left alone for a while, which is, um, when I'm working now, uh, sometimes I'll pull up Google news, just the new, just, you know, news.google.com and just see what's going on. Um, I've bounced around in the past from like, you know, I prefer this source. I prefer that source. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm in my Reuters bag right now. I'm in my fucking Al Jazeera bag right now. I'm in my fucking, you know, whatever. I'm in my Atlantic bag right now. You know, <laughs> whatever the source is, like, I, I'll, you know, whatever, right? But I usually just read the local newspaper. Like, I usually just read the Baltimore Sun Um when I go for shit, like that's usually my go-to for news. It's just because nowadays, like every newspaper, you know, every newspaper is just a website ultimately. So it's you know whatever the lo- the national story is, they'll break it just like anybody else will on the website. And I, you know, I, I like to read the news, the local news, because it's it's presented through a this is how it affects you here lens, right? <laughs> so um, I think that that's an important aspect that I think a lot of us forget about. Um, because the national news is so overwhelming. Um, sadly, yet another rapper gets killed yesterday. Take off from Migos. I've seen four different stories about what happened. Um, it's really sad that that happened. Um, you know, I was just telling, I was just telling my, uh, you know, I was telling my wife, I was like, yo, uh, 
on the DJ Khaled album, like I think Party is my favorite song on the album. Like that shit just goes so crazy. And it's Migos, you know what I'm saying? Like and take off I mean, yeah, honestly, like Migos, I always thought Migos was just doing three six mafia. Like I, I it's they're either doing Juicy J or Lord Infamous Flow. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just what they do. That's how they rap. And I, I number one, that and I hate that they haven't gotten credit for that. <laughs> like Juicy J and especially Lord Infamous and Juicy J have like they they're owed so many Migos royalties right now. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things for me where it's like, I, the music was never really, in my opinion, that at first for me, when they first came out, you know, like Versace and this and this and that. And then over time I realized how influential they were, they were in the, I think when Bad and Bougie came out, I think everybody was like, oh nah, these motherfuckers are hard, you know, like it don't matter if they, you know. I think that was a big moment for a lot of people in rap, yo. Like, not even to overstate that shit, but I think a lot of people like me, especially who were like, nah, it's not lyrical, it's not this. Cause even, even rappers like Jeezy and Gucci and shit like that, especially Gucci, like, it doesn't sound lyrical, but it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, those motherfuckers really be spitting. Like, they really have like a lot of bars that, like, if you don't, if you're not listening for them or you don't know the music, especially if you don't know like the B sides, you're like, Oh, all right, this is just some ignorant shit. It's like, yes, but no. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not to say that that Migos music wound up being like, you know, that they turned into fucking uh dilated peoples or some shit like that based off of their content one day. But I think that they were always consistent. You know what I mean? They were always consistent in um and what you call it, uh you know, just kind of kind of like the the delivery and the energy and making hooks and just making songs that you repeat all day. You know, they're they're outstanding at that. And um you know, I'm saying all of this because Takeoff was somebody for people who like me were at most casual Migos listeners, you don't really know too much about because he didn't ra- really rap that much in the uh, you know, initial songs. It was Quavo and Offset, you know, and and uh Takeoff would get you know, I feel like you would hear Takeoff in like the the crunchy black, like Michelle Williams kind of, you know, you get like half a verse every three songs type shit. And, or you know, like Jizza or somebody like that, where it's like, how come when they interview the group, the group is always like, nah, Jizza's really the nicest. <laughs> it's like you ask Ghostface, like, who's the nicest one in Wu-Tang? They're like, Jizza. <laughs> You ask anybody, they're like Raekwon, you know, Method Man. But everybody in Wu Tang is like, nah, it's Jizza. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's the same for you know, Crushing Black and Michelle Williams, but I'm saying from from the standpoint of like how much airtime they got over time. You know, everybody's playing the clip now of Take Off on Drink Champs, um, saying, you know, I'm done being in the cut, like I'm done laying back, you know, it's on me now type shit. And it's, you know. It's just a, a shame, you know. It's really a shame that um, you know you just got more and more of these young fathers, um, influence influential guys who just, you know, they just keep on having, you know, just their lives ended 
and taken, you know. I it's hard because, you know, you see the you see the tweets and stuff about rappers and you know how you know they, they saw, I saw one today about all the rappers that have died in the last four years. And, you know, they were including Juice World and Mac Miller and you know, it's hard for me, man, because like overdosing is definitely tragic and sucks. And I don't wish anybody, you know, to overdose, um, especially or or you know their favorite rapper or anything like that. I just don't think it's the same as a rapper who's legitimately fucking murdered. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, you don't mourn a murder the same way you mourn an overdose. Um, you know, and and for us who are fans or listeners or whatever. I don't really know how much of a mourning there is for most artists, for most people. You know, there's a few artists who, when they die, I'm, it's going to make me really sad for a little bit. I'm going to just be like, damn, bro. Like, you, like, so far, the only celebrity death off the top of my head that has, like, rocked me and, like, made me upset has been Kobe. Like, off the top of my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Kobe died, it's like, are you fucking kidding me, yo? And, I, and, and, and I'm a Ravens fan. And in the last five, ten years, dog, like we've lost five, ten players. And they didn't resonate with me the same way Kobe did, with due respect to, you know, Trey Walker and Lorenzo Talaferro and guys like that. It's like, you know, for me as a guy who doesn't know them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I they don't know me. I don't know them, you know. So I I don't you know, you get sad at a loss of life, but the reason why I bring up Google News is because it's like, dog. You're scrolling past and it's like, you know, 175 people uh, stampede, stampeded to death in Seoul, South Korea, Halloween uh, event. You're like, wait, what? Hold on, yo. Say that out loud, yo. You're saying 175 people got trampled to death by a stampede of other people. How many people are part of a stampede? Like, how many people does it need to be for it to be a stampede? Like, 500, 400? Like, in reality, because you hear about people getting crushed in, in like, evacuation situations and stuff, right? So the amount of space that you're in, obviously, is going to affect how many people you need for it to be stampede-like, right? There's all type of stories of, you know, like, nightclubs back in the day of people getting crushed on, like, staircases during a fire or shooting or something like that. And, you know, and and even all all the way up until today. But, like, you know, we talk about an event where 175 or 55, whatever the number is, people get crushed to death, right? Not, Not get their collarbones broken, but, like, they're dead now because they were crushed because they were stepped on too many times by too many people. How many fucking people are now going to live the rest of their life remembering what it feels like to either stomp on a person who's flailing for their life or already dead? How grotesque is that? Yo? That's the first thing that goes through my mind. It's like, you know how fucking gross it is when you step on like the slimy underwater sand at like a pond, like like you go to like a lake, not even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where you not really where you in the ocean, but you step in like a like a river and it's like slimy and the sand is soft. Like, I have to imagine that that's what a skull must feel like after this has been stepped on fucking 48 times. Like, that shit is disturbing. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, you know, it just, I don't know how to process all of this, dog. Because it's like you, like I said, I'll be reading the newspaper, but 
even now, like the way that they they change the layout on Baltimore Sun, you know, and and you know, for those of us <laughs> who actually pay for the Baltimore Sun, I mean, four dollars a year when you catch the special ain't a bad price. Uh, but when you, you know, when you um, you know, when you when you when you go to the website now, because they have so many articles that are behind paywalls that uh, you don't really see them listed out like you do on the regular website like on the regular website they they used to at least lay it out kind of like the newspaper like you know front page type shit now it's just a collection of links like it's just a bunch of different links to different articles just all headlines with like a ticker so that's a little bit less i think a little bit less um overwhelming than the google news feed which is each each story has a block which has five different links and that's the reason why I like I like to do the Google news feed because if it's a story I try to read a couple different sources so I'll read you know the wild ass New York Post headline says uh you know uh uh you know Biden says I'm okay with uh dog rape and then <laughs> you know what I'm saying uh, you know, the, the, you know, uh, uh, Huff Post will be like, you know, Biden opens, uh, opens pathway for conversation about sexual orientations or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be so wild opposed to each other that it's like, all right, let's, let's hear what both of you crazy motherfuckers have to say. Because at this point, I don't think that there's a straight down the middle news source. Now, it's not to say that there ever honestly was, and I think that this is a topic that we've covered on the show before, so forgive me, long-time listeners, if you say, Desmond, you, you're doing a repeat right now, but the fact is, um, when we're taking all of this shit in, and especially how it is now where, you know, if a high-profile person dies, especially a rapper, what are we going to get as soon as we get the fucking headline that they're dead or that they got shot or some shit like that? What's coming up within hours? If not immediately, the video of them de- the, of them actually getting killed, of them taking their last breaths, of them laying in the pool of blood, of their people fucking f- trying to keep them alive or freaking out or bystanders or whatever the fuck. I'm tired of that shit. Like, I'm tired of seeing that shit. And uh, a lot of y'all might be wondering how come it's been... Uh, Shit, damn near two months now since I made a stop playing with people. Yo, I, I, that shit was too much negativity, dog. Like, it, I was, I was bringing in too much in the research of trying to find the clips of the justified ass whoopings. Um, that it just was like, dog, I, it, this is fucking me up right now. Like, it's just, I can't take this right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, you know, it, is a difference between like trying to cut yourself off from the news because you just don't want to be bothered with what's going on in the world versus I'm choosing to watch fights to get content, to make fucking, to try to make it funny and get heat on my podcast. I'm like, maybe I'll come back to them one day. I, I want to that. I have fun making them because the point of those videos is, is never to show anybody getting bullied or, um, you know, anybody get beat up who doesn't fucking deserve it. You know, I make those videos specifically because I'm like, yo, stop playing with people, yo. Like, you will get your ass whooped. Like, everybody, take it down a notch. Like, let's just be fucking more chill with each other when we don't know each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to talk crazy to your people, 
and y'all have that sort of fucking you know history or whatever, or you got a, a, a you know you have Aaron opportunity to, to fucking have have a, a a fight or some shit like that between y'all, fucking have at it. You know what I mean? But I, I just you know it's just man the amount of times you see strangers just committing violence on each other is it's disheartening. You know what I'm saying? And and this is where it becomes tough because you know when you're scrolling through the feed and. You go to the U.S. and every day there's a mass shooting. Every single day. You know, it's not necessarily a school shooting. You know, it's not necessarily a, a shooting in which, you know, 10 people die randomly. But, you know, when you talk about like going around the country with the news, which is something that you do on Google, um, you know, you realize it's not just my city. It's not just my state. It's not just, you know, it's a lot of bullshit. You know, it'll it'll be Miami one weekend. It'll be Little Rock one weekend. It'll be Tulsa one weekend. It'll be fucking, you know, every weekend they get, you get the Chicago tally. You get you know, all these shits about violence. And then the stories end up being about what gun control police defunding whatever the fuck you know absenteeism and parents and you know whatever it is that's where the conversations get opened up that's where blame starts to get assigned right that's where we have to start identifying boogeymen and women right so, oh, I don't know. Do women want to do is that one that y'all want to make sure that gets co-opted? <laughs> if you get herstory, you also have to get boogie woman. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, you know, it's it's um it's it's upsetting, you know? Because when you think about it and when you know about it, and you and you have the slightest clue of what's going on as far as like street violence, you know that most of that violence is committed by people who know each other, uh, or you know by you know the, the violence is it happens among people who know each other the majority of the time, the overwhelming majority of the time, the overwhelming majority of the time. This is the case. So the question ends up being, what do you do with that? With that knowledge, you know, how do you change the way that people resolve conflicts with each other? And I consistently maintain that the number one factor that keeps you away from committing violent crimes that have significant penalties if you get caught is you have to have a lot to lose. The less you have to lose the less you give a fuck. So what ends up being the equalizer in crime? Money. (laughs) Is it to say that people who have money don't commit crime? Of course not. Violent crime? Of course not. It's also to say that everybody who's poor is not a criminal. But where are the concentrations of that shit? Where are the concentrations of Physical and property safety versus vulnerability. 
even within bad cities, air quote, you know, every bad city still has good neighborhoods in those cities. There's still a nice part of Philly. There's a ton of nice parts of L.A. There's a ton of nice parts of New York. Name a city. Some cities, some cities are almost all nice parts. But every city has bad parts. That's the difference. Doesn't the criminal element stick out more in the 40s and 50s and 60s in America when the average guy could still, well, you know, the average white guy (laughs) could still have a career job? It looks a little different. You know, but now it's such a challenge for people to actually be able to get ahead. You know, not make it, but get ahead. Have more money than you need. You know what I'm saying? Like, be able to cover your bills for a couple of months if some shit goes down or whatever. Not live paycheck to paycheck by you know by 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 necessity, and do all of that without having the several at this point dozen if not hundred thousand dollar investment in education. It's becoming virtually impossible for a lot of people, and it's also why I, I I myself don't believe that trades alone is the solution like like everybody can't be an electrician right (laughs) you know we need mass production you know we need mass employment jobs careers we need incentives for companies to employ employ people in massive numbers we need to need 20 percent of our workforce again because we don't need 20% of our work, and that number is a very low-ball number. And the more and more shit automates, the less, you know, less and less we are all going to be needed. So let's keep fighting against AI, which is something that I talked about. <laughs> let's keep fighting against automation uh, in a lot of ways. But what we have to fight for more than anything is the way that our country values us as people. And when we go to the polls on Tuesday, uh, I think we should be going to one of the last elections that isn't... um, that isn't very, very different than previous ones because I think that it is officially time for the people to decide that we are going to put boot to ass of these politicians and get money out of politics. So as long as there's money in politics, we are never going to have proper advocacy. We're never going to have anybody who actually wants us to succeed. Um, 
it's not going to go down like that because the people who uh, are in control uh, need us to understand that in order for them to be successful, we have to completely be at their mercy. <laughs> you know, if you if you work in the corporate space, you know how much you know how how important air quotes the business is because that is literally your lifeline, right? I don't know how that works as much in education, in state funded shit, you know, public works, public service. I don't know. But ultimately, they all get run like businesses because it's America. And one of my dad's favorite quotes, the business of America is business. So where do we go? And what do we do? Because in the meantime, we have all of these people, like I said, 20% of the workforce minimum who's not needed, who, who have no real prospect and no real incentive to buy in. And you're trying to get those people to to not take up two spaces when they park and do all type of other goofy shit that they don't, you know, <laughs> let alone stop killing people, <laughs> let alone stop robbing people, you know. It's going to be really interesting how, how shit moves when we try to go into this era of post mass incarceration when we're not trying to buttress that shit with mass employment mass career employment you know mass protecting the next two three generations of upcoming workers and contributors and making sure that they're not being part of planned obsolescence mm. Damn, that is almost like you should have a podcast. Mm. You know. So, obviously, it's damn near a fallacy at this point, right? Which is why it's so necessary for us to change this. But it's damn near a fallacy to imagine that we're not going to have money in politics, right? Like, you, like people would look at you crazy if you said, well, we just got to get money out of politics. Yeah, well, how are you going to do that? The politicians are the ones that have to do it. You know, what what becomes funny is like for me, I'm like, that's some shit that you're supposed to have January 6th about. Is enough's enough with the cronyism. You know, they try to expose the Trumps for making money, they try to expose the Bidens for making money, they expose the Clintons for making money, the Obamas, the Bushes, you know, the chain I mean, any political family who has risen to the highest level of national politics benefits from being at the highest level of national politics. It's not, again, because somebody gets a fucking briefcase with $500,000 in it necessarily. It's you become a, a Republican, not Republican, you become a representative, Republican or Democrat, but you become a representative, you pass a couple laws through, you you stall a couple other laws, you make sure some laws don't get passed you're a good soldier for these causes for you know so that when when our candidates vote down the ticket i mean when our constituents vote the, the straight down the ticket 
They know that they're voting for advocacy and X, Y, and Z, opposition in A, B, and C, and somebody who's going to say one, two, and three. Like, that's what we're getting by voting for these politicians. If we remove the ability for politicians to benefit from that type of system, then I believe, in my heart, I believe that the differences in the types of outcomes that we'll get from our politicians will be shown immediately. You know, we don't know what the interests are of the politicians because we're not on boards at Lockheed Martin and Google and fucking, you know, the biggest food suppliers. And, you know, the the, the craziest thing about America, y'all, is the most powerful and influential companies and firms. None of us fucking know what they're called. If we saw their logos, none of us would recognize them except maybe some of us live around a business park where we recognize that logo is the one that's next to the fucking Chick-fil-A or some shit. Like, like we have no clue as people who was influencing this shit for real. Because in the same way that the politicians get bankrolled, the fucking businesses themselves get bankrolled. Lowe's takes the heat. Home Depot takes the heat for saying we support a conservative ticket. We are, we donate to the Trump campaign. I myself don't know off the top of my head. I haven't done the research of Lowe's and, and Sears or, or not Sears, uh, Lowe's and Home Depot are wholly owned. But something tells me they're probably not. <laughs> something tells me that they probably have a, um, some sort of board, some sort of firm, some sort of fund that uh, handles their business and, and actually owns them and actually determines what happens with their money. I'm sure that that's the case for so many companies, guys. You know, and then you have the whole aspect, too, of publicly traded companies, which is where I start to start, you know, talk out of turn a little bit. As someone who's not an economist, but um, you know, there's just a whole lot of elements to this shit that we don't really control. So I look at that fucking seventeen pound bag of candy that my kid gets on Halloween, and I'm like, man, we really gonna look back on these as the good old days? Because <laughs> I just don't see that happening. I was just talking about this with somebody recently. It was like, I genuinely believe that like we're going to tell people about beef in like 30 years. We're going to be like, dog, back when I was a kid, yo, you could get a steak for 20 fucking bucks, like uncooked. Like you could go to the butcher shop and get a nice fucking uh, New York for like $20 a pound or fucking like ribeye. If it wasn't dry age, you could get ribeye for like 26 bucks a pound. Yo, like gush, like like prime shit, you know what I mean? If you wanted to step your game up and get like Wagyu or some shit like that, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're talking 40 or 50 a pound, you know, now if you're going to get the real Japanese shit for real, for real, for real, you're talking about 100, 200 a pound. But I think it's going to end up being in like 30 or 40 years, dog. I think it's going to end up getting to, especially like 100 or 200 years, it's going to get to a point where like flank steak is like 
A5 Japanese ribeye fucking like steak that would be $400 in the steakhouse is going to be like a skirt steak, yo. Like, I think that that's how, that's how bad it's going to get possibly with our food supply because we're talking about grain, right? <laughs> and And they say that half of the grain that's produced on earth half of the grain that's produced is consumed by cattle. <laughs> um, methane gas coming from cows. And then the actual pollution that comes with meat processing, right? I think it's going to become a thing of the past. The Paris Accord, I think everybody's saying, nah, fuck that. So, Lord only knows what the climate change situation is going to look like. I mean, I'm just saying like this, guys. It's fucking, it's November 2nd. I live in the mid-Atlantic or the East Coast, so it, I don't, it does snow here. It gets cold as shit in the wintertime here. It gets hot as fuck in the summertime here. We get like 80% of all weather, right? Between now and next Friday, today's Tuesday. 69, 68, 71, 76, 73, 76, 67, 63, 64, 65. In the last three days, it's raining. None of those days is the low supposed to be under the the mid-50s. Just 10, 20 years ago, I feel like once you hit Halloween, a 60-degree day was a blessing. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And even if it hits 60, it's going to be 30 in the morning. You know? That's it's just been too many years in a row now where I've been out on Thanksgiving throwing a football around sweating where I've been standing outside on Christmas Day and it's 70 degrees. Something just ain't right. And what we know, too, is that the people, like we said, who are in control of the policies around this are serving various masters. They're serving the fossil fuel. They're serving the the green energy. They're serving the fucking, uh, you know, give me another one. You know, they're serving the, 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 the manufacturing. They're serving whoever. Whoever has a business interest in shit either remaining how it is or changing to something else. And what I'm saying, y'all, is if we allow the business interest themselves to decide themselves without having so many political advocacy measures, I think that we can really talk about what a free market system actually looks like. But the only reason we have so much government intervention now, guys, if we remember, is because of how much greed and, and, and lack of advocacy there was for people when they left it up completely to businesses. So what is having the last 120 years or so, not even 120 guys, like really like the last like 75 years of there being a stated pathway for workers' rights, workers' advocacy. Now, we, you know, this is where you start also talking about unions and where they fit in today. But I'm saying all of this because I think if you take away the political, uh, the, the political money from uh, campaigns and then What's more important than the campaign donations is the fact that, like I said, it's the families that that win in these situations. So my dad's a senator or my uncle's a senator. So now I'm going to get 
I'm going to get a letter of recommendation guaranteed to any fucking job that I go to. Anybody who knows my my uncle, uh, you know, he's gonna they're going to hook me up. You know, I'm going to get to start up higher on a totem pole. I'm going to fucking get a little bit more leeway if I fuck up. You know, it's shit like that. You know, it's taking away as many opportunities for people to say, do you know who my dad is as possible? Because that's what we need to do, which is restore the value of the proletariat. (laughs) You got to restore the value of the individual people. And I think that if there's a... um, you know, if there's a if there's an opportunity for all of us to um, to to have real influence over how the country moves, then I think you have a lot more people willing to buy into the system. But if you know, if we make it so that you know the red tape is you know around around some uh, political issues is shifted to let's apply that same level of bureaucracy to preventing politicians and their families from benefiting from being politicians. Let their their services politicians be recognized by you can pay them more money, like pay them a higher salary. You can give them better benefits individually. But you have to make sure that um their entire family is like permanently barred from using that shit to their advantage. So this way you have less of these fucking, uh, what do they call them? Royal families and shit. And you have less of the, the nepotism and you have more of the competition, more of the, everybody can make it. And that's going to be something that we've never had in the country. You know, so for everybody who's complaining about, you know, capitalism versus this, like America has never had true capitalism because there's been way too much socialism involved. We don't have true democracy. It's not a true majority rules. There's safeguards in place to make sure that the minority is constantly considered and has damn near as much power as the majority. In so many situations, the fact to the point that like the majority doesn't even exist. So that's literally the opposite of democracy. Right? So don't let people, when they talk about this shit, don't let people, like, be convenient about what this this country is and, and how we get here and how many exceptions we make. Don't let them be convenient about, like, what the facts are around that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, let's not, let's not let people all fucking slide. With conveniently using freedom and liberty and the Constitution and this and this and that. And I'm like, well, the shit that you fucking advocate for isn't that. Because that's not what's here. That's what we say is here. But in practice, that's not what's here. In practice, there's really no country that's that's completely, you got this. That's not in fucking like Africa or fucking uh, South America or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no fucking just like, y'all got this, go ahead, type places like that in America. That's not the wilderness. Alaska is kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? Montana is kind of like that. Big sky country is like that. Some of the South is like that. 
But even then, they can still call the fire department. They still got people uh, working the the streets. Like literally like the, the pavement and shit like that, you know. They still got public works. You know, it's something. So we have to we have to really redefine what the government means now. You know what I'm saying? Like this there's not we're not colonies. We're not, you know what I'm saying? But all of our interests are so different. I just think that all of us are interested in money. What are the things that we can do to um to encourage people and give them an opportunity to get ahead. What industry could change and and be subsidized that would change everything for everybody? The mortgage industry? They're saying it's the school loan industry. The healthcare industry. You know, do we Americans believe that we collectively would do better or worse if we all had free healthcare? Do you take better care of yourself when you know you have to pay your own medical bills? I do. (laughs) Might not be everybody, though. You know? Because the only people who don't have good health care, typically, are people who don't have a lot of shit anyway. So so this is what I'm saying. It's hard to, like, you can't say, well, if you look at all the people who have Medicare, they got the most health problems. I'm like, well, they have the least resources. You know what I'm saying? They don't go to the gym like that. They don't. They don't eat at Whole Foods because they get $200 a month on food stamps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not really a setup for success if you're poor. And at this point, you know, poverty or being poor, I think, is very relative. And your options for not living like that are very relative. And what it takes to not live like that is going to cause hits in other areas. If you want to not be poor and you are poor, you're going to have to work a lot harder than most people. You're going to have to spend a lot of time not doing what you want to do. You're going to have to spend a lot of time earning money. And I think with that, You have to remember that there's going to be a domino effect that comes with that. There's going to be a bunch of trade-offs. And I don't know if the trade-offs are, like for me, I don't think the trade-offs are worth it across the board. I wish <laughs> I wish that I didn't have to make as many trade-offs to drastically improve my financial situation as I do. I've been in such a worse financial situation than I am now before. Um so it's hard because it's like well I'm I'm trying to you know do as much as I can in as many places as I can, you know, be a good husband, be a good father, be a good friend, um, you know, keep up my connection with you guys, 
you know, all the stuff like that, that, you know, it requires candles being burned, you know. And I just I just want to make sure that I'm burning the right ones, you know, at the right ends and the right ways. And it's hard when you're getting slapped with, you know, why are you always four or five hundred dollars short every month? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like and then you tally up all your extras, you tally this and this and that up, and you're like, Well, I only accumulated a hundred and twelve dollars of extras this month. Why do I still have this lack of money? And then you start tallying back. I'm like, okay, well, they raised gas 25 cents a gallon over the course of the month. They, you know, the grocery bill for less items is higher. Okay. Well, we must have got like a, a rib roast or something like that. Crazy, right? No. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Milk is $8 now. All right. <laughs> it just be shit like that over time, you know, and you want to sit there. Like I said, you want to sit there and look at the, um, kind of the totality of everything and say oh well you know trump fucked us biden's fucking us whatever whoever you'd hate the most is fucking us mexicans are fucking us china's fucking us whoever again the boogeyman needs to be for me it's more ai than mexico and china for what it's worth (laughs) um that's my boogeyman is is automation but I really can prove it. <laughs> that shit is not political. <laughs> um, but I'm saying, man, like I, I just want us as we go. I mean, you know, the the the, the stage is set for Tuesday. Um, you know, this upcoming Tuesday, the election is going to be what it is. Um, but I do think that moving forward, it would be very, very helpful. I think to all of us. If we started to tell politicians that they need to have a plan for how to get money out of politics in order to become elected. And I think that that needs to start to become a standard. You cannot dodge this question question to all prospective politicians moving forward. There shouldn't be a debate, a Q&A, an interview, a podcast, TikTok. Any fucking piece of content that does not include how much money are you taking, how many people do you know that are connected, have you, you know, do you plan on taking a board position in any of these organizations that benefit from the legislation that you pass? You choose to be a politician. That's what you are. You don't become an author. You don't become a fucking public speaker, you don't make money off of being in politics, ever. You are a public servant. That is the fucking, that's the only pathway forward since we're so fucking determined to say that voting in politics is our fucking way out of here. That's the way forward. You don't get to be a politician and benefit from it other than the satisfaction of knowing that you represented the people in your district, county, state, country, whatever the fuck that you put on for them and that you're there for them. And if you make, if you write a book, you get fucking 5% of that shit back. You get cost back. And the audits on how your cost is being calculated is going to be higher than everybody's or, or more, more intrusive than anybody's. You're not making money off of getting our votes. No more. <laughs> straight up 
if you wanted to change, you have to change the fucking um, incentives. You have to change the payoffs. If people know that they're not going to have power and options after being in politics, how many disingenuous people are going to fall off? So the people who will remain will be the people who are actually virtuous and the fucking psychos who just want to control shit. And hopefully in a political system where there's no decided advantage between fundraising and support and your platform is your fundraising and your ideas and your track record and your commitment is your support and your endorsements. Then we start talking about the people are being represented and if, which was the goal. And if our decisions as people lead us down the wrong pathway, then hopefully a group of people within the people will be smart enough to have the ability to communicate to the rest of people what's being wrong or what's being done wrong and how we can fix it. Galvanize those people to force there to be a different way of going about it so that we can change. The incentive for propaganda, for propagandizing people goes down. The incentive for silencing people goes down. The incentive for boosting other people up goes down. And you just let people decide. Does your shit suck or doesn't it? We can prove why our shit sucks. They're just telling you that our shit sucks because they want you to buy their shit. And we won't lie. We want you to buy our shit too. But our shit is actually really good. And here's why. We're not even going to talk about their shit because we're not worried about their shit. We're worried about our shit. (laughs) You know, that's a message that would endear somebody to me. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay, you're not a hater. Okay, you 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 know, you you're saying that you have some sort of selfish gain out of this. Now I trust you a little bit more. That's the biggest thing about with me, you know, and the Trump people that I just didn't understand. It's like I didn't get enough moments from Trump where he was winking at me, and I got that he was that that he was in on the fact that he was doing selfish shit. I never got that. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 I, point me to the one where he was just like nah fuck that fuck these people I just want to win fuck them I don't give a fuck about none of this for real I'm, I, I'm just saying shit at, at some points because I just man I just want to see them be upset about it if he said that once his whole shit becomes valid to me I don't agree with it <laughs> with a lot, with so much of it but it becomes valid to me I'm like okay now when people say well I trust him I I get it, but not the motherfucker that literally just lies about everything. You telling me you trust, and 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 you don't trust the other people because they lie about everything. That that can't work. The Democrats who were saying that that uh, you know Trump is the worst thing that ever happened to the country. I don't know. I don't know. We're in a time of peace. The only soldiers that are fighting on behalf of the U.S. are the ones that signed up to do it. 
mostly fighting in places that we don't even know they're at right now. <laughs> you know, the people who are making the most money are making even more money, which therefore means the country is successful by the metrics that we've always used. Crime is still lower than it was 10, 20, 40, 50 years ago. Education is higher. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can say are better. Period. Just statistically. Who do you want to give the credit to for that is one thing. But you can't argue with that. Not soundly. Not not in not not if you're the one who wants to be taken seriously because the other one's a joke. You can't you can't argue like a joke. You can't say emotional shit because you're trying to draw a contrast between you and them. You don't get to do that. If you want to meet them on their level and say, no, he sucks, he's a piece of shit. I'll be like, oh damn, well why? <laughs> you know. If you say it is well, where's it so much better? I'm like, are you? How? Well, we didn't say this. Well, what did you say? So it just, it turns into a, a whole stupid thing. I'm saying all of this, guys, because I just I just want us to ensure that as we fucking like proceed through this shit, guys, that we're not forgetting what's the important shit in politics, which is what do you care about, and do your politicians care about the same shit that you care about, in the same way that you care about it. If the answer is no, is there another politician who does? If the answer is still no, this is where everybody has a different philosophy. Some, you know, a lot of people feel like you vote no matter what. It's always the lesser of two evils. South Park told us 20 years ago, the choice is always between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. That's the only way you can advance that far in politics. That's what t- South Park taught me in 2004. <laughs> Vote or die. All right. A lot of people who are my age, who are the you know in the millennial era, were like, um, "How about we don't vote for either one of these pieces of shit." The people who are in Gen X, baby boomers and all. What? How the fuck dare you not vote? You well, you're a part of the problem. Well, you're a piece of shit. You gotta you have to vote for somebody, or else you don't get to say nothing. Okay. So if I vote for the person who fucks everything up, is it not my fault, or is it my fault? If if that's the pathology, then don't you understand then how if you how whichever candidate you don't like gets elected. If 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 you have to vote, no matter what, no matter how much you don't like what the person says, no matter how much you don't like what they do, how they move, the pathology is you have to vote, right? So my advice from the You Heard Me Podcast platform is you do what you think is best. I strongly suggest that if you vote in no other election, that you vote in this election that's coming up. I'm not saying that you vote for anybody. 
I'm saying that I hope that this is the election that you do vote in if you vote at all. Because when you talk about voting statewide, locally, that's the shit that really affects your life. Right? Let me ask you this. Are you at an age where you're starting to get to, like you're starting to drive around places and you're like, holy shit, there was never a red light here. Holy shit, why is there a roundabout here now? Wait a minute. This didn't used to be a one-way street. Where am I supposed to park now? Like, <laughs> are you that old? Okay, if you're that old, you need to look. They send you the ballot in the mail before you vote in the first place. They send you the ballot so you know everything and everybody who's on it. Take 20, 30 minutes. 20, 30 minutes. The episode or the, the length of one TV show episode just one episode of the Big Bang Theory is worth of time, okay? Look at the fucking ballot. Look at what you have a chance to vote for. It's not just the president and the senators. You vote for judges. You vote for sheriffs. You vote for school boards. You vote for uh, funding for shit. This year in Maryland, you're voting to legalize marijuana. There's... So much shit besides the major race. And then you have the minor races, which, as we've seen for the last three presidential administrations in a row now. That if you if you vote against the president's party, as far as the Congress is concerned, you nuke the president. The president doesn't get to do shit. And if anything, the Congress really has more power than the president. We saw that with the with the uh, Supreme Court justices. We see it with budgeting all the time. We we you know, it's been since the Clinton and Bush days that the government like that the all branches of government have have been in alignment on an issue, and that was fucking like nine eleven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so I'm just saying all of this, man, because we just we just have to remember to keep perspective. And it's not it's not off it's not your fault if you don't have perspective. Don't be discouraged if you don't go deep with this shit for years, yo. But if you're old enough where you remember there didn't used to be a traffic sign here. There didn't used to be uh whatever here. This used to be a Bennigan's. This was a staples. Now it's a jump zone. Like if if that's how old you are, come on, dog. Vote for the school board. Vote for the judges. Those are really the people who are going to have an influence over your day-to-day life, over your kids' lives, over whether or not there's trash in the park, over whether or not you you got fucking uh, broken glass on the highway, whether or not your kid who has special needs has a one-on-one person or at least has the ability to get one because of funding. It's more than just the fucking biggest issues, guys. So again, wherever you fall on that, on those spectrums is totally up to you as your business. But if you are in a position where you are at an age where you're of home ownership age, you're of leadership age, you're of parent age, you're of management age, whatever it is, at least Take some time, read the ballot they sent you in the mail, and make a decision. You can vote absentee. You don't even have to go. 
<laughs> on election day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even have to go. You know, just vote locally. Just vote locally. That's all I'm saying, guys. Vote locally for whoever you want, for whatever you want. Vote for two things and leave. But have a say in, in the shit that's in your actual community, in your actual state, in your county, in your city, wherever it is, yo. Vote for that. You feel what I'm saying, yo? At you heard me, dog. At you heard me, dead WG on Instagram. I'm going to be back with an addendum for y'all on Patreon. Um, Ravens didn't. We played last week, so the trust issue schedule kind of got thrown out of whack. Um, but patreon.com slash YHMP. I told y'all, man, once I once I get to 10 patrons, I'm going to grandfather the first 10 people in, and it's going to be pretty sweet. Like, you're going to get a whole level of um, access that nobody else is ever going to get. So um, jump on, man. Fuck with me, man. Fuck with me, man. Let's get it, man. Um, That's all I got for now. I might be back before you know it, though. Patrons, I appreciate y'all more than everybody else. Gold Club, the Gold Club is more important than everybody else. 